listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Pot Green. Hello, 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 hello. Yo. We're back. That's right. That's what we do. We come back as quickly as we possibly can. Uh, yeah. What's up? What's going on, man? Welcome, everybody. We're stoked that you're here. Mm-hmm. For Shiloh. Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, 56. This is take 56. Whoa. Sounds like Moving you're coming, coming in from the moon there. Oh, hey, I, I got to apologize to everybody this week. Uh, prior to the show, uh, we found a technical something's wrong with my microphone um so i'm on a much diluted version of a microphone right now and yep i'm coming to you live from the moon i tend to i I like to go to the moon sometimes i know you know not everybody's down to to venture all the way to the moon and beyond but I, i go there every once in a while so uh live from the moon here i am and uh we apologize and we'll do our we'll get it fixed by next week so uh Please pardon the technical difficulties and the sound quality this week. Um, yo, 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 yo. I know we've got a bunch of new listeners out there this week. Um, yeah, we so yeah. what do we, we, should tell them, we should tell them what we do here at the Cannabis Agenda. It's everything cannabis, but uh, what specifically do we do, Jay Cass? It is, man. We do some uh, news deconstruction. We'll, we'll, we'll get uh, various articles from various sources. Um, all of which we list, by the way. Um, you can check those out on our website. And we deconstruct and, and discuss what we think about the issues. Uh, well, what we think are, are some of the most pertinent and relative issues of the day involving cannabis and cannabis policy. I like to call it activistainment. I think we have a, a fairly decent time uh, getting through this stuff and try to inject a little bit of humor every once in a while because you know the the nature of this materials not always on the bright side, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no, definitely no. not. That's why we're here. We're here because there's a big problem in uh, pretty much throughout the world when it comes to cannabis, uh, pub- public policy re- revolving around cannabis. So that's why we're here because uh, stuff needs to get fixed, man. Needs to get mm. fixed. And we are biased towards uh, fixing uh, drug policies. So, um, yeah. Um, I hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, enjoy what we do. Um, what What do we have on the show today? Well, it looks like we got a pretty decent show for everybody today. Um, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I think we'll start out the show continuing with our typical format of uh, covering some of our listeners' uh, emails, commentary, <coughs> and phone calls. We always appreciate that part of the show. And more, more than you can imagine, we do appreciate your interaction with our program. So please continue to do so. Um, moving in to our news today, we're going to start off with the, the Pacific Pot uh, I'm sorry, pot in the Pacific Northwest, that is. Um, the feds seem to be picking on Spokane, Washington. We'll tell you a little bit more about that. Some goofball tax uh, uh, lawmakers making some uh, some jokes at the taxpayers' expense. I don't think that's too kosher. We'll, we'll tell you a little bit more about what's going on with that. Um, in the Rocky Mountain High today, we got some news from Colorado. Um, a, a, a grow bot. Remember those little growing things? One got stolen, and we're going to tell you how and where and why. Boy, that guy, is he ever pissed. National Spotlight today, pot growers consume 1% of the nation's electricity supply. Can you believe it? We'll tell you a little bit more later on in the program. Touch on Mark Emery. Boy, he needs your support now more than ever. Um, we'll explain how to get in contact with him. Um, you know what? Quit calling it synthetic marijuana. We'll uh, touch on what New Zealand's 
doing to handle that that I don't know what you want to call it plague problem whatever um topics barely worth any of our time we got a couple of stories today moving over to the east coast we're going to talk about some really positive stuff going on delaware senate passing some bills mar- medical marijuana bills moving forward in maryland as well and some uh, much more dubious uh transitions occurring over there in the state of new jersey imagine that midwest melees and glimmers of hope has a very serious speaking of du- dubious check out this one hb 1258 we'll tell you what that's all about i think they're going to incentivize uh arresting cannabis users what a great thing to hear about uh walk down the green carpet we'll, we'll talk a little bit about miss natalie portman who we'd love to have visit our show in the activist spotlight a normal call to duty for a few states including north carolina vermont and connecticut if you're from those states please Stay tuned in or at minimum, check our website. There's some some important business at hand for you folks. Uh, the drug war is almost ready to turn 40. Can you imagine it? How do we survive this long? We'll talk a little bit more extensively about that. And from the research bin today, we have uh, a great story, a uh, research out from the Brits over there in the UK telling us that cannabis could be used to treat epilepsy. So that's good news for a lot, a lot, millions of people and uh probably half a million people, at least in, in England alone. Um, and stick around for the end of the show. We have a great clip from Mr. Paul Armentano that I think you'll find worthwhile. And uh, that will ultimately wrap a, a pretty decent uh, episode 56 for today. How's your week been, Jamie? How you, how you doing, man? Hectic, man. I'm fighting. As you know, I'm, I'm uh, wrapping up uh, a portion of my academic career here and uh, starting a new leg hopefully soon. And man, when you're, when you're in that transitional period, especially at the end of any semester, anybody that's ever been involved with uh, college education or higher, higher education, man, everything just piles on top. So I'm kind of squeezing by barely and, uh, you know, by the, by the hair on my chinny chin chin, so to speak. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm grateful to be here. I'm I'm, I'm holding tight. We uh, we got a lot going on over here in my state today. Uh, Illinois Normal met down there at the Illinois State Capitol building for another lobby day. Um, so there's there's activity going on around here that keeps me kind of occupied. It's a good healthy diversion from my academics. But you know, all in all, I'm grateful as usual. Same old good, me. Man. Good, mm-hmm. good, good. Glad to hear that, man. Glad to hear that. How about you? How about you, Cogs? What's going on up there in the CC? Hanging in there. It's I haven't spent a whole lot of time at home recently, actually. So it's nice <laughs> to be here. It's nice to be back. Yeah, definitely. Especially with, I mean, we've been getting lucky, lucky, lucky up here in the far in the on the Lost Coast. Uh, there have been these storms out to sea that they keep saying are going to swoop in on us, and they just keep, seem to keep spinning up to uh, Oregon and down to like the Bay Area, and we've been hit. It's been like 10, 11 days of sunshine now. I mean, it's been windy and cold, but it's still like, at least it's nice looking outside. So I'm happy to see the sunshine. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, here we are. Episode 56. Um, you guys have been doing such a good job at, at staying in, in touch with us. Um, to be honest, it's been blowing up lately. All the contacts we're getting from everyone, um, Great feedback. We've been getting the scoops we want. Everything you guys are really, really participating now and helping us with the direction of the show because we know what you want to hear and we know what you want to talk about. And please keep them coming in. You can follow along anytime. Cannabisagenda.com. That's the website. Email us at any time. Info at cannabisagenda.com. Send us scoops, questions, um, criticism, comments, ideas, potential interviews. 
Whatever. Especially if you find any. We haven't had any international story. Where's our international crew at lately? You guys, hit us up. Let us know what you want to talk about, especially if there's anything going on in your neck of the woods. Um, you can also always call 707-654-CAN, which is C-A-N-N, the num- um, um, or the number's 2266. Uh, leave us a voice message. It's like three minutes per voice message, um, and uh, we might pay- play it online. Um also, uh, follow along on iTunes. Really, really good way to keep up with podcasts because it's downloaded in your player automatically when it is uh, av- available to you. You can always just follow along on the website. Um, but, you know, sometimes some, I, I personally prefer to listen via iTunes. Um, but on the website, you should check out the website every once in a while when you're listening to the show because our notes are always on there. So you can you know, listen to the show, look at the notes. You can click on any of the notes we have there, and it'll have links to stories that kind of inspired the discussion that, we're, that we get into. Um, we're also on Twitter and Facebook. So uh, check us out in both of those places, and suggest us to your friends on Facebook if you get a chance. Oh, man, it was a big, big, the biggest week in contact from our listeners, probably. Mm-hmm. This, was, uh, yeah. this, was, this was the biggest... Um, Got a. It looks like we got a call from Matt at the Hotbox Podcast. We got a. We, did we get get some audio there? What's going on with that? All right. Let's see if we can uh, see if we can roll that clip here. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? Matt from the Hotbox. Just wanted to congratulate and welcome you as one normal show to another. Mm. How about that? Welcome. Shit, yeah. Getting replayed on the normal network. I hear over ten thousand views on their breaking day. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, welcome, congrats, we're holding it down here, you guys hold it down there, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. So, hopefully we can uh, work out all of our schedules one of these days and uh, do a, a big super show. Just, oh, that'd be awesome. Making my little nerd boner just get raging hard right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, so, uh, guys. <laughs> yeah welcome to the normal network we haven't talked about that yet on this show thanks matt dude we really appreciate all the contact and yeah i hope we get to do the super show together someday uh someday here soon um we should make that work we could really really use your expertise on the situation up in montana and uh just in general you know like i can feel that there's a good collaborative effort going on here between us and the hot box podcast so as uh as uh, time goes on and we evolve, I have a feeling we'll be able to really, really collaborate and work out some good stuff together. Thanks for the call, man. Hey, let's mention, go ahead and mention the Normal Network since he mentioned it in the thing. We are, we are on the Normal Network now, which uh, they play us for an hour, what, every Monday at 8 o'clock? I don't know if you know the, you know the other times yet, Cox? Uh, I don't have them listed here, um, but they're available. they got a schedule there that, that you can break it down at, uh, but 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And what's the, what's the URL for that? Uh, it's live.normal.org. Check us out there. Check out all the other marijuana-related podcasts on there, too. It's a good place to uh, get up to date on what's going on and who's, uh, who's breaking down good stuff cannabis-wise uh, via podcast. So check it out. We really, we're really, really excited to be um, working with Normal now. So um, it's a super good thing. And, um, yeah, thank you all for... For uh, for participating and listening to us via that and 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 uh, yeah we Russ thank you Matt we're stoked you guys are on there too so um, what's uh, what's this one you just highlighted this this email I I, th- I think it's King Closet not King Clogged I'm pretty sure it's King Closet uh, from Chi <laughs> Town um, was asking to comment on SB 1258 um, mm. that's uh, that's a Illinois bill right 
It is, and it's uh, somewhat dubious. We'll talk about that a little, a uh, little bit later in our Midwest uh, segment. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I, I certainly uh, thank him for for tipping us off on this one, and I don't. I, I think that would have uh, kind of gotten under my radar for the next next week or so at least. So it's uh, it's uh, it's an interesting. Well, I'll wait till you get there. You're going to be surprised. I don't think favorably uh, either. Yeah, um, that sucks. I, I, yeah. That happens all the time with this 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 damn drug war thing that they've got going on. I, I'm always seem to be unhappy about the situation. It seems to be a theme, doesn't it? It it does. It does, and it like it's like it's like when you're trying to watch like TV and there's just bad. Like, you ever like watch sports and like they just have a bad feed for it and it keeps glitching and the sound sucks and it's like mm-hmm. you know you're enjoying what you're doing but it's just got this constant buzz and fuzz to it that's how the that's how the drug war is i mean we're making we're making leaps and bounds you know we're making progress but there's just this always because we know the reality people are getting thrown in jail and harassed and uh yeah it's uh non-ending so we'll get to that we'll get to that uh king closet i believe is is his actual um handle uh we also got an email from mr hyde from el paso uh, Texas, who's writing about drug war on the border, um, and he's uh, happy to answer any questions we have about the situation. There's a link to an article he sent us on here. Uh, I don't know. Did are we getting to that at all? This article. It's about. Are we doing it on this show? It's about the the senator or House representative that said that uh, we should just start bombing Tijuana and 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 Texas. Right? Isn't that what he was saying? Drone missile strikes. We should deal with them the same way we deal with terrorists in Afghanistan. Isn't that what he said or something like that? That's what he said, yeah. The first thing when I saw this article, I checked to make sure it wasn't an April Fool's joke. Right, right. And it wasn't. It was serious. It's seriousness. He's he's seriously serious about this. Right. That's really whack. (laughs) (laughs) That's some whack escalation. Okay, so we got that article in. The, are we getting to that? Did are we doing that we one? Are we covering have it that on today? today's show notes? But we should we should definitely talk about this sometime in the future. We will. Okay. It's going into our show ideas. We will talk about this in the future because if this guy's really pushing this as his policy, he's it's going to come back up again, and, and we'll um, we'll get to it. Uh, Certainly, Phil. Hey, you know what? what up? Uh, I just wanted to interject there. Um, according to our drug war clock on the front of our cannabis agenda website. There have now been so far this year two hundred and forty six thousand six hundred and forty one. Whoops, there's another one. Forty two uh, cannabis arrests. So just under six hundred or two hundred and forty seven thousand so far this year. Wow, that's uh, that's fucking insane, isn't it, guys? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how to make sense of all that, and it's just ticked. Ticking, 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 up and up and up. And that's why we're here, guys. So, uh, thanks for that bummer information. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought I'd chime in and cheer you up a little bit. (laughs) Debbie Downer over there. All right. Phil also wrote in with regards to finding medical marijuana in Alaska. He's an Iraq and Afghanistan vet who suffers from PTSD and TBI. I'm not even sure what TBI is, but I'm. Uh, do you guys know what that is? TBI. I'm, I'm not sure myself. Uh, nope. I'm not going to say. Okay. I'm not even. Uh, I don't know. 
He's been subscribed. He's been uh, pres- he's been prescribed a bunch of um, of uh, pharmaceuticals. Doesn't like them and finds marijuana to be the best. Um, you know what? I have no idea about how to find medical marijuana in Alaska. However, from what I hear, y'all grow a bunch of dope up in Alaska. It's a pretty normal mm-hmm. thing. Um, indoor scene, obviously. Um, so the only thing I can even tell you, man, is ask around and of course, obviously use discretion and be very careful, um, with doing that. So TBI is not a happy thing. Uh, TBI stands for traumatic brain injury. Uh, imagine the PTSD and, uh, traumatic brain injury were, uh, he kind of got those in, in active combat. I would imagine. Did he state that in his email? Uh, I would assume so. Uh, he he yeah. did not state that, but uh, hey, Phil, thanks for your service to your country. Yeah, and we really appreciate it. And I know, uh, you know, I, I know this is a tough thing for you up there. Is 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 Alaska a medical marijuana state? I thought it was not. Uh, it is, but they don't have a dispensary mm-hmm. program in place, so it's there is no place besides the black market for patients to obtain it. Okay. Okay. Um, so, really, Phil, um, when you find out. We, we, we're stoked to, to start um, dialogue with you. So when you find out how things work in Alaska, please let us know. Um, and if any of our listeners out there know, uh, please email us in so we can email about it so we can help Phil figure out how to get his meds. That'd be, uh, that'd be great. What's going on? Dan wrote us uh, in about, uh, about the supremacy clause discussion we had last week. What's the deal with that, mm-hmm. Amy? Yeah, well, I forgot the the, the uh, one of our listeners wrote in a question about what's the loophole that allows states to legalize cannabis on a statewide level um, while it remains illegal on the federal level. And we said that uh, it's not actually, there is no loophole. And uh, we said that, uh, I hopefully, I, I, I mentioned that it has to do with the 10th Amendment and uh, some wording that's in uh, what's known as the Supremacy Clause. Um, and a caller wrote in, or a caller, a listener wrote in and uh, said, I, well, I guess I'll just read this. It says, uh, here's the answer to a caller's question from last week's podcast. The Supremacy Clause says that when federal law and state law conflict, that the federal law is superior. Federal law trumps state law and that affects cannabis because even if a state legalizes the federal law, is still superior and they have the right to enforce federal law even in a state where it would be legal under state law. We fought the Civil War to decide this one uh, once and for all. Federalism means a sharing of state power between the states and the federal government. Like you said, it can be your friend or your enemy. It's generally good because if we had to wait uh, for the feds to decrim and not uh, to be able to change state law, it would be a much harder hill to climb uh, than what we're doing now, which is state-by-state medical um, legalization. He says, I, I did listen to the show for the first time, and I will continue to subscribe to the podcast. Good luck to you guys. And thank you, Dan, for that uh, um, participation and uh thanks for listening and the kind compliment uh comments about our program um i i hope that i mentioned the 10th amendment last week did i do that do you remember when in that discussion if that 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 was like the core of my whole answer and i don't think <laughs> i don't know i have this odd feeling that i kind of probably either the elim- supremacy uh, clause is in the 10th amendment right um yeah, i think i i went into detail and explained the, the article and stuff where where things are located i hope i hope i hope i did that you know um, what? You may sure. not have mentioned the Tenth Amendment in in that discussion. And you know, you spoke specifically about the Supreme. I don't know. I don't. Re- I don't recall. I'm not sure if you said anything about the Tenth Amendment specifically. But I, I believe that's where the supremacy clause is, right? Well, it it's uh, the Tenth Amendment 
is uh, Amendment X to the United States Constitution. It uh, explicitly states the Constitution's principle of federalism by providing that powers not granted to the federal government nor prohibited to the states by the Constitution. So unless it's enumerated in the Constitution as you're not allowed to do this, then that's reserved to the states or the people. And then that's how they, in, in, in gist, that's how um, we have state laws um, while it, there's a, a federal it's still illegal at the federal level. Okay. Because it doesn't say, any, there's nothing in there that says we have to have drug laws or that we have to have drug policy or anything like that in our constitution. Right. Okay. 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 Gotcha. 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 Cool. Well, thanks for the email, Dan. We appreciate it. Um, what do we got here? Josh from Washington state writes in with some kind words. Uh, thanks Josh. We look forward to talking to you in the future. New listeners. We love it. New communication. We love it. CM from the bluegrass state, my home, That's my home state. home state. Yeah. He wrote in a few things that were uh, previously brought up that I love to hear more info on. I heard recently that the typical red eye is actually a symptom of coughing mm. and has nothing to do with cannabis. We'll look into that. We'll dig a little deeper for you. We definitely will. Oh. It's on our ideal list. Also, Tom Petty. Everyone loves him. Yes, they do. But check out the, uh-huh. the, uh, his new tune, Don't Pull Me Over, from his last album. Uh, it's a pretty activist and cool, in my opinion. So you need to check out the video for it, I believe, is the video and the tune in general. Um, I've seen it. Have you guys seen it yet? I haven't. What's it about? Is it about racial profiling? It's, no, it's totally about weed. Oh, Totally. It is. Oh yeah, it's on. It's a it's his music video, and it's. I mean, it's definitely. You know, I've only seen it and heard it once. Um, but uh, we'll check it out again, and it is cool. Um, send us in your thoughts, guys. Have you seen this video or not? Uh, the, the tune is "Don't Pull Me Over," and it's off of his most recent recent album. Um, cool. Thanks, Sam. We appreciate it, buddy. Um, Scott from Leafly wrote that uh, he he gave us a um, story, but in the for the but is it sophisticated story? Um, and we're going to add it to the list for you, Scott. We appreciate everything you do, buddy. Everybody, thank you so much for all the participation. It is incredible. We will continue to follow along with your uh, with your you know links, scoops, everything you send in. We love it. It's uh, it's really been great. So thank you, thank you very much. Keep sending them in. Um, got some few announcements. Um, and some questions to the list to the listeners today. Um, check out uh, marijuanapodcast.com. It uh, aggregates some of the best cannabis radio on the internet, and um, it's uh, definitely a cool site to, uh, to 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 find some some good podcasts. Also, um, welcome to all of our new listeners who are finding us on the normal network. Um, that's also a good place to find really good. Uh, current cannabis podcasts uh, we air on mondays at 8 p.m uh, pacific standard time and uh, you can find the network at live.normal.org we have to cut the show short to fit in the one hour time block so uh, check out the full show on itunes or on our website at cannabisagenda.com um, also if you are a cannabis dispensary owner worker manager employer have connects with the dispensary we still we have have one lead of to who to talk with and we need to follow up on that guys but if you guys are connected to a dispensary in any way in the state of california please give us a holler we'd love to start a dialogue with um with uh some sort of cool cool collective in in california and see uh see where that goes uh, maybe a new segment or something hempwick um we did get an email about hempwick from i believe it was from we didn't looked over this. You didn't put this in. Spliff the, Coley. In the, Spliff, Spliff Coley sent that in. Okay, and oh, they, they, they used talking. They, 
uses Beeline, and Beeline's one of the more popular ones, and we're definitely going to be using the Beeline in con- testing it with the one that I've got here to test out. So Beeline, uh, we know about, we appreciate the email. Um, if you guys know what, you know, if you use Hempwick um, to smoke bowls with, uh, please send in what type you use so that we can test it side by side with the type that I'm testing out right now. Um, sure. Yes. Hey, and check yes, it out. I have yes, another yes. announcement. I didn't write this one down on our show notes, but I just want to make a quick mention because I, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the course of of preparing this uh, audio program, we run into a ton of different source material and a lot of different websites. And every once in a while, one will pop up that kind of sticks out to us. And uh, I found this one today. Actually, one of our stories, the walk down the green carpet uh, segment today, features uh, a story from this particular website. And I like to t- give a shout out to these guys. It's pretty doggone decent and entertaining, and it's it's. Uh, medicalmarijuana411.com. So thanks to those guys out there for putting on a good site, and I would encourage our listeners to check that out. You can link to it right off our our story that's coming up for uh, um, a walk down the green carpet. All right, guys, it's time to get to the agenda for the day. We're leading off with pot in the Pacific Northwest. It looks like uh, the feds have put Spokane dispensaries, quote, unquote, on notice. What does this mean? We've got a clip. Let's check it out. Yeah. Despite demands from the federal government to shut down all medical marijuana dispensaries, some local dispensary owners are defying that order tonight. KXLY4's Annie Bishop is live in Spokane, and Annie, you spoke with some of those shop owners. Well, there are certainly mixed feelings uh, among dispensary owners whether or not to stay open. Open, for example, this dispensary here opened yesterday during our live shot last night. Now the dispensary is closed. Even so, some other store owners are holding out for their patients. We're, of course, nervous and uh, upset, as are all my patients. As the federal government works to shut down medical marijuana stores in Spokane County, Charles Wright and other dispensary owners meet to fight back. We have to let the federal government know that this action is against the entire state. Wright owns THC Pharmacy on South Perry. He serves more than a thousand patients a month. Yesterday, U.S. District Attorney Mike Ormsby announced he's cracking down on dispensaries, saying they are illegal under federal law. Ormsby is now urging property owners to evict tenants who operate medical marijuana businesses. When it comes down to it, it creates a climate of fear that is ridiculous. My phone's been ringing off the hook all day. Little old ladies crying and screaming. I got people coming in on wheelchairs who are freaking out. These people can't go out on the street and get drugs. Wright says he plans to stay open despite the warning. We will keep the doors open as long as it seems reasonable. Our patients are in tremendous need. We're going to do everything we can to support them. Wayland Colbank isn't backing down either. But we're opening tomorrow, yes, we are. Colbank owns Essence of Mother Earth, serving nearly 400 patients a month. It's those patients he's now fighting for. I'm fearful. You know, I don't want to really go to jail, but I think what I'm doing is right, and my patients really need it. And, you know, if they put me in jail, they put me in jail, you know. I don't want to go, but I will go. And not only are dispensary owners concerned about their patients' lack of access to medical marijuana, but they'll also be forced to lay off dozens of employees. Reporting live, Annie Bishop, KXLY4 HD News. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think it sounds like... It, the guy, that, that gentleman that was speaking at the end there has the right attitude about it. I mean, ultimately, that's what we're all doing, right? We all know, mm-hmm. you know, anyone that's working in this industry in any way 
knows that they could become a target of the federal government at any point anytime. and yep. anytime. And um, because it's illegal federally, that means you could end up in federal prison at any point. And um, because of that, uh, everyone involved is an activist. I know that there's a, there are people that are involved in this movement that are strictly in it for the money and really could care less about the uh, the actual you know like drug actually reforming drug laws and they want to make. But the majority of people that are in this have an activist bent to them, and, and we appreciate everything you guys do. Um, I can't believe you know I don't under so so. What did it seem like? What on what grounds are the feds? Warning dispensaries and why 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 does it seem like they're tar- they're there's you know being specific towards Spokane? What's going on? What did that what did what did that say to you, Jamie? Yeah, you know what? I don't. I actually don't know why they're focusing on Spokane, Washington. Um, is there's a lot of activity? You notice whenever there's really serious uh, uh, pending legislation that's really profound that will make a big difference. Like I know they're working on a statewide legalization effort there. I know they just had uh, uh, was it Dickerson. Uh, the representative that prom- uh, promoted that legislation that she just put forth to uh, regulate through uh, liquor, not like liquor, but actually through liquor stores. Um, and that, that one just died, uh, by the way. And, you know, maybe that's, it seems like there's always a sweep, uh, a federal sweep after um, some kind of serious legislation is, uh, is act- some kind of activity in the legislature, some serious activity. I mean, it just happened with uh, Montana, you know, when they had the big thing, and then they swooped, sweeped in there and, and arrested all those people, did all those raids. So I don't know. Maybe that's that's all I can think. I mean, what's your, what was your take on it? Did you get anything more additional? You know, I don't know what the deal is. I know that you know we followed. It'd be nice to talk with someone up in Washington sometimes because we know that their courts are they're starting now to really go with the one patient thing, like meaning no, you can't have a dispensary. We're saying you can only have one patient. Period. Right? Isn't that the deal that's going on up there? Yeah, I think so. And then I think that in Spokane, they specifically have the um, the uh, the cooperation of the local authorities, including local prosecutors. Whereas in Seattle, I think the you know the city of Seattle might be allowing, and whatever county, I'm not sure what county Seattle's in, but might be allowing dispensaries there, for example. But in Spokane, in Spokane, they're not. They're fighting back at the at the from the law enforcement and from the district attorney to try and shut them down. Is that what's going? On? I, that's so. That's so here's take. okay. So here's what I'm seeing. Here's here's why I'm feeling like they're the feds are f- going to go with this. What, what we know that Obama had Eric Holder tell us when they took when that administration took office was that they are not going to go after anyone who is clearly and I'm not. I'm just paraphrasing. I'm not. Right. Uh, this is not word for word. Who's clearly in compliance with the laws of their state in. Washington, it looks like the state is starting to say no. I mean, they're getting closer to saying no. The dispensaries are not Ill- are, are illegal. You only have you can only have one one patient per caregiver. The whole you have a dispensary thing, and one patient goes in and buys at a time and signs and blah 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 is not legal. Is what it's kind of it seems to me from the past episodes we've we've. Had this this issue on there is kind of happening there, so maybe the feds are targeting them because now they're saying, "Well, dispensaries are illegal in Washington." So, mm-hmm. but I don't know why it would just be specifically Spokane. Spokane, dispens- yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so we will uh, follow up on this story and try to find out more for you guys. But uh, yeah, apparently up in Spokane, uh, you guys are on notice from the feds. So watch out. 
Sure. <laughs> We're watching they're the you. Because they're the big bad wolf, and they will huff, and they will puff, and they will blow your house down. <laughs> so they say. Yeah. There's one other story from Washington. What's going on with this one? There is this uh, wise guy, Representative Glenn Anderson of Washington State. He's a, a Republican from uh, Fall City, I believe. Um, it seems that, uh, well, the story goes, it, it seems that everyone's a comedian when it comes to cannabis. And uh, this particular legislator from the state of Washington has added a joke pizza amendment to a bill which would expand the state's med- medical marijuana law. Um, Representative Glenn Anderson proposed a joke amendment requiring the state to reimburse medical marijuana patients for pizza they eat while legally high. Anderson's amendment specifies it would not reimburse for more than three toppings or for tips uh, to pizza delivery drivers. Um, Philip Dowdy, the spokesman for the Washington Cannabis Association, it's a trade group for the medical marijuana industry in that state. Um, he didn't really seem to mind the joke. He says that, uh, I quote, it's the best amendment in the history of the legislature, which I guess that doesn't bode well for the Washington State Legislature, if that's the case. But, uh, right. The, the, that's uh, terrible if that's yeah, the best they've ever made. Isn't it? The, uh, yeah. the entire subject is rather cheesy, said Seattle Hemp Fest organizer Vivian McPeak. Um, all I'm saying is give pizza a chance. <laughs> I don't believe she said that, but uh, they uh, it says pizza pizza is a no no on renal diets. But hey, as long as it's government subsidized, after all, they're concerned with our health, right? Uh, one medical uh, act, patient and activist, uh, Rick Smith, said um, some cannabis activists, uh, however, were really not amused at all. After all, Washington's medical marijuana law requires that patients must be suffering from a, quote, terminal or debilitating disease. So this guy basically is, uh, is mocking those that have this disease or this, these, these, this level of condition, uh, medical condition. Um, quote, Glenn Anderson's medical cannabis pizza amendment might be funny if it were not one of a dozen amendments proposed by a very few legislators which seek to make our law unworkable and ineffective, says Ben Livingston of Seattle-based Cannabis Defense Coalition. He says it's not, it's not the only amendment he proposed, though it is the most egregious. And uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Anderson's amendment is uh, at best insensitive to suffering patients, but it's uh, really in- indicative of what many of our legislators think about medical cannabis, um, says Steve Sarich from Canacare. Um, so there's a mixed reaction to this. It's SB 5073, which has already passed the Senate uh, would re- legalize and regulate medical marijuana dispensaries and food processors, and also would finally give Washington patients legal protection from search and arrest for possessing cannabis. So, a little bit of of uh, I don't know fun poked at at medical cannabis law. Um, this is actually going through the city. I mean, they have to listen to this stuff and go through this. It's part of the process. So, I mean, w- taxpayers are paying for this. I don't know. Let us know what you think about that. What do you think about that, my friend? Sounds like a it's a joke, dude. Um, yeah. I'm not into it. I mean, you know, hoo hoo ha ha. It's cool that the leg- that legislatures are becoming comfortable enough to talk about pot to joke around about it during their mm-hmm. sessions. But uh, I'm not a big fan of anyone wasting taxpayers' money or time. So uh, you know, move on with it. Uh, Representative Anderson did say times are pretty serious right now. At this point, smoking a joint might not be a ba- not might not be a bad idea. So I'm with him on that part of it. Sure, I am too. Well, I am too. 
All right, let's move on to Stoned in the South. We got some news from the uh, from the South, from Florida. Hey, we didn't mention uh, Jeffrey Kennedy. who did email and contacts on Facebook. Um, we are going to follow along with what's going on down in Florida. Um, thanks for the contacts. We should have mentioned it up in the top when we were talking about emails. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, there is a clip for this. Um, what are what's 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 the deal down in Florida with Jeffrey Kennedy's trial? It's a what's going on. So well, I know. I know a little bit about it, Cogs. You 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 have a, a clearer scoop on what's going on with this particular story. Well, we just we heard from him um, maybe two weeks ago through Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, he's been emailing us, and so we looked into his story. And um, Jeffrey Kennedy is uh, he lives in Florida in the Tampa area, I believe, and he suffers from a painful condition known as neuropathy, which is a, a, a mm-hmm. nerve condition, if I understand it correctly. Yeah. Um, Very unpleasant. Yeah. And uh, he's been prescribed large amounts of opiates. Um, and um, I'm not sure how he was turned on to cannabis, but he found that it provides a huge amount of relief from his pain. Um, and in 2009, his home was burglarized, um, and he had to, you know, of course meet with the cops and, you know, explain what happened. And I'm sure they were in his house and, uh, he had firearms in his house and he was also growing, I think he said he was, he had 23 cannabis plants, Hmm. uh, and they arrested him and he is going to stand trial on May the 2nd. And he asked us to, um, to follow his trial and to support HJR, which I think is Florida house joint resolution 1407, which I think, you know, more about that, Jamie. Uh, well, a little bit, let me see if I can, uh, go over the gist of it. H, uh, Florida HJR 1407. You are correct on that, uh, designation, by the way, it's, uh, Joint resolution by Clemens, Bullard, Kreisman, and Pafford. Uh, forgive me if I got those guys' name wrong. Um, medical use of cannabis proposes creation of uh, blah, blah, blah. A lot of legal language here. That's not going to help us out, is it? Any? Um, well, there's not a whole lot about what's going on with this, this bill. It's listed under the Florida House of Representatives. It's an actual joint resolution that has to do with medical use of cannabis. Um, the specifics of the law, I think, are still getting kind of pounded out. It says that it's now in the criminal justice subcommittee. Um, criminal justice, yeah, so it started out, it was filed March 8th. It went through the criminal justice subcommittee, health and human services committee, judiciary committee, and now it's back in the criminal justice subcommittee again. So it's going through this whole huge Florida committee process and uh, they don't really uh, spell out too many specifics about it, but it just says it will allow medical use of cannabis by citizens and allow legislature to implement these provisions by general law. So I don't know how they're going to implement that potentially. Yeah, this is Florida. It's definitely a, an important word <laughs> potentially. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to hear at least that there's some kind of uh, you know, it's, it's horrible to hear about his plight and what's going on with uh, Jeffrey, but uh it's good to hear that at least Florida is discussing these things. Of all places, who would have thought that? It's kind of like seeing some uh, pending or proposed legislation in like Oklahoma or somewhere. I will. Um, I'll mention the the dates of his trial. It's scheduled for Monday, May second, through the May uh, through Wednesday, May fourth, um, and that's at Palm Beach County Courthouse. Okay. We should get him on that. We should talk to him on the show too, because uh, he's the first. Sure. Uh, he's the first defendant in a case that's ever you know, put out an effort to contact us and, and have a dialogue with us. So, um, this is, 
we should talk to him. I don't know, you know, he probably only can talk about so much, but uh, we appreciate you uh, contacting us, um, mm-hmm. and we'll uh, we'll get back in touch with you. And uh, if you're interested, we'll probably bring you on and talk to you about it a little bit more because I'm sure you've got a lot of information to share with us about what's going on mm-hmm. down there. A lot of information in the Rocky Mountain High today. Your Colorado, Montana, and Idaho news. Um, Colorado medical marijuana patients are denied because of probation. What's the deal with that, Jamie? Mm-hmm. Yes. It, uh, this story is from Opposing Views. Great website in, in and of itself. Go check that out when you get a chance. But the uh, story says Colorado medical patients were denied, are being denied, um, because of their legal status of being on probation. Um, this This bodes... Uh, this speaks directly to your uh, problem that you you always are talking about, uh, rightfully uh, stating that cannabis is un- is subjected uh, often, uh, most of the time actually, to rules and regulations and and stipulations that no other kind of medication is is subjected to. They make Apparently, even any hurdles. sort of industry at all is subjected to it. I mean, like they're, yeah. un- you know, like not even like, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't even think like I, I don't even think it's as hard to like work at a nuclear plant. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's it's pretty. They put a lot of that stuff on on cannabis. Sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. No, not at all. This is a it's an opinion piece, but this is a good way to to break into this topic. Um, check this uh, this website out and read a little bit more about it. But the gentleman that wrote the opinion he says, you know, I'm a big supporter of the right of someone to use marijuana while in great pain. It's the height of absurdity, absurdity and injustice for the government to stop individuals from using marijuana as prescribed by a medical doctor just because enough people in society seek to continue our war on drugs. In the state of Colorado, there's legal uh, medical marijuana, as we all know, but if you're on criminal probation in that state, even if the crime had nothing to do with drugs at all, then you might be denied the right to use that medication to relieve your suffering. It depends on the j- judicial district of the state. The drug war is destroying our rights and wasting tax dollars. Um, we all agree on that, and it should uh, really be examined that as well. Um, the war on marijuana is even sillier. He says marijuana is less harmful than alcohol. This is a lot of stuff that we 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 agree. In. You know, I'm not going to read through this whole story for, because of that. But uh, he said, lastly, bans on marijuana for medical purposes are even more absurd than just bans on drugs and marijuana. No other medication is banned to individuals on probation other than marijuana in the state of Colorado. So that's kind of bogus because you know. I mean, I can take OxyContin or, I mean, all of these, all of these major pharmaceuticals, opiate-based ones especially, they're just, they just ravage your system and they, they just, they just disintegrate your, your mental capacity and you're just a seething, drooling idiot, <laughs> you know? So people often are trying to, when they, when they find out about medical cannabis and they start, uh, you know, experimenting with it to see if that might help to mitigate their personal circumstances, you know, medical circumstances, they're, they're escaping, uh, the pain and the, and the suffering that they have, but they're also escaping the pharmaceutical medications, you know, the opiates. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, no other drug is, has this stipulation. And now these individuals, because you're on probation and it's, as I understand, it just means don't break any more laws. Well, the law says that you can use medical marijuana under the right, you know, under the proper criteria where you get, you know, certified and all that stuff. And so as long as you do that, I just, I really don't see the problem. And, uh, and this is pretty bad. I mean, he goes on to say, this is kind of funny statement. He says, nobody's denied even drugs for erectile dysfunction because of a criminal record. But, uh, unfortunately district attorneys with nothing better to do willing to go after these, 
these guys. Stupid, dude. It's so stupid. It really, really just pisses me off the way that this is done. Like, um, hello. Yeah. All right. Still got a lot of fighting to do. Colorado. Woohoo. You guys got it figured out over there. No, seriously. Like, you know, leaps and bounds and strides over there, but just turns backwards when these stupid regulations are put on, on marijuana. And, uh, here we go again. Just another here one. Here we go again. Yep. No. What happened here? <laughs> oh, oh man. Somebody swiped a grow bot. Remember, uh, we were talking about the big convention that was going on in Denver not too long ago. And, uh, well, they what, just the had high, another the big cannabis man. cup they did for high times. Well, no, it wasn't the high times one. It was, uh, well, was it? Yeah, maybe it was. I don't know who sponsored that. Remember the big Denver, uh, yeah, that was, convention. That was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a while, it was a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Well, several months ago, but it, yeah, it was like around the the turn of the year. It's somewhere at the end of the year. But anyway, uh, we talked about these grow bots. These mobile, they're like trailers that are custom made uh, grow rooms that are in the form of a, a towable trailer, and uh, they're really cool. They're really expensive. They're pretty elaborate and sophisticated, and we like to le- use that word. <gasps> um, yeah. But anyway, this guy had one. He's fortunate enough to get one. Um, he was pretty stoked about it. Actually, he uh, he's he's the guy that uh, they called up um, to to get these designed. The company wanted uh, his name is Greg Childer, and uh, he was pretty stoked to be at this uh, this recent um, High Times Medical Cannabis Cup that just just happened um, recently in Denver. And uh, after the she brought his grow bot to uh, show it off for a display, and afterwards he was he was preparing to leave, and all of a sudden some dudes in a truck pulled up and hitched it up to their truck and took off with it. $50,000 grow, grow bot. So it's an interesting story. There's some pictures of the truck surveillance photos on there. It's kind of interesting to see. I would just be absolutely livid. <laughs> I'd be running down the street after him. So he lost his grow bot. Damn. <laughs> I can't even imagine it. I am a grow bot. I like to grow pot. I am a grow bot. Grow bot, grow bot, grow bot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on we got some more montana madness what's going on up there mm-hmm. we have a clip to play for this for in, in just a second but uh just to provide this story there's uh some s- significant fallout that the state of montana was seeing from the senate bill um or we'll see that from the senate bill that would sharply curtail their medical marijuana industry um this this is being felt around the state um let's go ahead and uh listen to this clip if we got that ready Fallout tonight from the Senate bill to sharply curtail medical marijuana. Good evening, everyone. I'm Steve Fettfein. I'm Heidi Miley. We told you last night about a House committee vote that would slash the number of medical marijuana users by more than 90% to about 2,000. That bill is on its way to the House floor. Legislators say that it would take the money out of medical marijuana. Here are the facts. Governor Schweitzer already has the repeal bill on his desk. It would get rid of medical marijuana entirely. The other bill, Senate Bill 423, okayed by a House committee last night would do away with any medical marijuana business and would allow only one person to provide marijuana for another. Well, either bill would put people who own those medical marijuana stores out of business. NBC Montana's Christian Hauser has the story. Christian? Steve, when medical marijuana dispensary owners started their businesses, they couldn't get a loan. So they dipped into savings, asked friends and family for help. Now, little wonder they're worried about what's going on in Helena. Seth McGee won't talk specifics, but says he would lose tens of thousands of dollars if either medical marijuana bill passes. We will have no choice but to lose an investment in this. You know, I've put a lot of time and a lot of effort and a good chunk of money 
to have a store on Higgins, downtown Higgins. He's not the only one who'd be out of work. He'd have to lay off seven employees. He estimates his business puts about $15,000 into Missoula's economy. Advocate groups estimate there are about 200 dispensaries just like his across the state. Thousands would lose their jobs. Um, I believe that the unemployment rate in the state would, would increase significantly. You know, we're a state of only a million people, so when thousands or tens of thousands of people lose their employment, um, it affects the state in a much more dramatic way. McGee says he borrowed money and dipped into savings along with some others to start this dispensary in December. He'll find little sympathy from Republican lawmakers who say dispensary owners knew they were getting into a business still considered illegal by the feds. To acquire it, to get it, to get seeds anywhere is federally illegal. And so you're going to always have that particular problem. Where the person is going to get the marijuana from, that never has been spelled out thoroughly. The, the, the bottom line is, it is illegal. Seth knows the medical marijuana options on the table in Helena don't look good for him, his business, or people he's come to think of as patients. The governor does have only nine days left to make a decision on the repeal bill. Now, that reform bill will be voted on by the House in the coming days. Reporting live in Missoula, Christian Hauser, NBC Montana. Hmm. Jeez. Huh. So, is he going to sign it? Last time we found anything, he said he wasn't going to, right? I hope no. He's got like, what does he have? Three more days, I think? Two or three more days left? I it hope has not. now, I so... Hope. so it- so it's coming down the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Not you too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we really, I don't even know where to begin with this. Um, yeah. well, you know, uh, <laughs> what a mess, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, right. Like, you know, I mean, really, they're just going to just potentially just throw it out. Like, that, that easy? Just wipe your hands of it? I don't get it. Why do you even vote? Why do you even vote on initiatives if that's the way? I think that's why Schweitzer hasn't hasn't done anything yet. Um, he's really been uh, sources, credible sources, say that he's been leaning very strongly toward not signing that, toward vetoing that thing, and and uh, or just I guess he can just not sign it and let it die. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a huge issue outside of the cannabis, uh, you know, its relationship to cannabis. I mean, just the fact that uh, the people of a state can come together and pass something through the legal channel, through the legitimately through the system, the way it's set up, and then lawmakers come in and just reverse it all. That's uh, that's a big that's a big slippery slope. You know. <sighs> I'm speechless over it. I've talked about it on the show many times before. If you do this, you basically just have to get rid of the whole initiative process for voters anyway. Um, Because what's the point? (laughs) Yeah. If your legislature, if you if you come together in a majority as the citizens, you can do this. To if you come together as a majority, this is you can do this. If we think it's a good idea, right? It's like. (laughs) Pending legislative and executive approval, basically, wow. right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, so like it's it's kind of like this. Okay, so you have an initiative and you vote on it and you pass it. Well, the legislature. I mean, if we allow, like, if we allow, if if this is allowed by the the Montana Supreme Court, if they do decide to just axe medical marijuana and axe a voter, you know, uh, voter 
um, backed initiative, and it can just be thrown out by the legislature and thrown out by the executive branch in Montana, and the and the, your Supreme Court there says, yeah, we're down with that. Um, that's cool. Uh, and then you, but then you keep on with the initiative process. It's like so you could pass a law by voters, and then basically when the law is becoming law. The legislator, legislature and the executive could amend it and change it and do whatever they want to it and mess with it or throw it out or whatever. I mean, it just it, – it really makes no sense. I'm sorry for you guys up there if, this, if they feel like they can do this. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, if they do do this, your Supreme Court up there we'll fixes say, uh-uh. it. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I have a feeling that's why the governor is not signing it because he knows that's what will happen. Um, cause that's what happened in California when we tried to, um, amend 215 by adding in SB 420, uh, SB 420 was just simply another bill. We've explained this every time. It's just another bill created by the legislature that basically, um, created the, the limits and for, for growing and for possession. And it gave each County, each, um, local jurisdiction, the right to make their own guidelines. However, since it was written by the legislature, it was technically the Supreme Court in California said that it was amending. It basically acted as an amendment to SB four. I'm sorry, to Proposition two fifteen, which was which was done by the voters. And for there to be an amendment to a, a, a voter initiative or a constitutional amendment, it has to be done by the voters. So if we want some sort of amendment to at to Prop two fifteen, we have to put it on a ballot and vote on it. If we want to throw out 215, we have to put it on a ballot and vote on it. It can't just be done by the legislature and the executive branch. So I'm imagining that that's a similar route that the Supreme Court in Montana would would take with this because this is precedent. This is not just for pot. This is for every initiative that you do in the state of Montana. It could just be if, – if they allow this precedence to stick, if, if he signs this, it goes through the courts in Montana, he signs it goes through the courts, they find it okay, uphold it, boom. Any initiative, any voter initiative you guys are voting on is really pretty useless. So, um, yeah, good luck with that mess. Well, On to the national spotlight. Uh, <laughs> Matt, this is a story you wanted to, to cover, it looks like. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a topic dear to my heart for all those organic <laughs> indoor growers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, don't hate, relate. <laughs> Well, yes, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I'm not, I'm not hating. Uh, so this guy, Evan Mills, researcher, he's a scientist from the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. Uh, he, found, he ran some calculations and figured that indoor marijuana cultivation consumes enough electricity in this country to power 2 million average-sized U.S. homes, which corresponds to about 1% of the national power consumption, which is a huge wow. amount. That's enormous. Um. He, uh, <laughs> the resulting price tag is about $5 billion in annual electricity costs. Um, so that's... Is like, that of residential electricity then, or no, is it... No, that's, that's, that's overall. I don't buy it. You know, I, I don't know. You can, you can read the study yourself. I, I yeah. can, you know, I can only read what he... He, the conclusion that's a lot of electricity, to. man. They by use by power his, by all his, sorts of stuff, manufacturing processes. Check, check this out. His, his, he, he narrowed his calculations even further and said a single marijuana cigarette represents two pounds of CO2 emissions, an amount equal to running a 100 watt light bulb for 17 hours. 
Here is another reason for the federal government to wake the F up and let us grow good sun-grown pot throughout the country. It saves money. Oh, yeah, and it, it helps the environment. I mean, we're basically forced into growing pot. So, you know, let's not get into the what's better thing here, indoor, outdoor, uh-huh. greenhouse, black box, whatever. We're not going to get into that right now because it doesn't matter. What we're talking about right now is, is, is you know, energy policy. And we've been for, we were forced to grow indoors. It was the only way we could do it and have our medicine available for a long time. Now there's more opportunity for outdoor growth, but still it's a pain to grow out. So we're like forced into this situation by the federal government. Um, I personally would love to see an industry that was more limited on. I mean, I like, I would like light supplemented greenhouses in areas where there's light issues, meaning like super cloudy, overcast days. You can still grow pot there in greenhouses and lights come on when it's super cloudy, overcast, or you're trying to extend the light cycle during veg, whatever, whatever. But there's just some, I mean, the sun is so efficient, you know? So hopefully we can get to where someday this is less of an issue. This industry is very wasteful. We can't, we can't deny it there. I mean, this is a whole segment really that we could add to the show at some point. Um, the, the environmental costs of the drug war, and the, especially on marijuana, because it's being grown, baby. It's being, it's being produced. It's being sold. It's out there. And it, uh, the majority of a lot of it is being done indoors, and there's a lot of waste, and there's a lot of products that are being used that, that, that you know, kind of could potentially be an environmental hazard. And, um, you know... I'm not too stoked to that it that takes that much CO2 to just to just to roll a doobie. But you know that's that sucks. So, 17 hours. That was a hundred Ch- watt light bulb for 17 hours. Mm-hmm. Changing the weather one joint at a time. That's what we're doing. <laughs> um, Colorado Representative Jared Polis uh, on the federal government's role in medical marijuana. Um, we've got a clip here. Uh, probably some interesting stuff. Let's play it government has been too aggressive in trying to enforce its uh, pers- perspective on marijuana, which of course the federal government continues to see marijuana as an illegal drug. How's the enforcement been when it comes to, say, in states like Colorado, where you've got people trying to grow for the purpose of medicinal marijuana? So um, the Obama administration has certainly uh, had a big step in the right direction from the Bush administration. What we saw in the previous administration were raids on, again, legal uh, buying clubs, etc., in California and elsewhere. Obama administration has clarified uh, their position through a memo that they uh, don't intend to uh, prosecute these laws in states where they're legal. However, they've still been causing some trouble around the edges for what we still feel are fundamentally legal state businesses. And beyond the, the trouble they've been causing, there's also still general fear out there. I mean, we really can't have this be at the whim of uh, what side of the bed a, a president or a attorney general wakes up on on a particular side of the day. I think we need to clarify in statute that this should be up to states. I mean, how do you get people to take this issue seriously, frankly? Because I think there's still sort of this grin factor. When President Obama was asked about this, I remember him sort of laughing and saying, you know, I don't think this is a way to grow our economy. I mean, you're trying to get people to take this issue seriously. Is that a challenge? 
Well, I mean, it's as serious as any other issue. I mean, if you're talking about how we decrease alcohol abuse, how we decrease the use of tobacco products, how we decrease drug abuse, I mean, these are serious products. I mean, the fact is that drugs have ruined lives across our country. Uh, and many of us have had friends or family that have uh, been through those situations. Uh, and uh, and I, I think it's a serious issue. So I don't see anything funny about it. Um, it's as serious as any other issue. It is a serious issue, and um, yeah, uh, what do you guys think? Is it hard to get people to take it seriously? I mean, it's not hard to get this. So. I think increasingly less and less so. Yeah, yeah. I think that's Especially, what I, that's how I feel too. It, it Especially was for a very important age demographics, like elderly or aged citizens. You know, they're they're changing fast. It, it started as a fringe issue for sure, and people thought, oh, it's just oh. the hippies trying to legalize weed. Hey, man. Know? Yeah, but feel yeah. better. But the like Free the, your soul. The elderly. But now they're seeing suits and ties lobbying in, well, the, in and, Washington and, over it and stuff. And they're seeing it work for their friends too. You know, the oh, story of right. medical marijuana is actually getting out there. That's right. right. The, especially you're right with that elderly demographic. They they probably a lot of people probably have friends that are like using it for cancer or something. You know, like some sort of serious illness, and it's working for them. And you cannot deny yeah. that. You know. You can't deny yep, it. They're so. like, they're like, oh, Joanna's got it so bad. She's arthritis really bad, and they see her all the time, and her face is all kind of cringed up and, and pain stricken. And then they see her, and she's bouncing around, looking vivacious and full of life. And they're like, oh my god, what happened? What do you do? And when they tell them it's because of cannabis, oh man, you better believe these people are paying attention. I've every single elderly person I've talked to, and there's dozens of them I've talked to uh, personally, like one on one about uh, medical cannabis as a, p- a potential option for them. They they were just glued to me. And what else? And and what are those websites? And they would get a pen right away, and they were taking it dead serious. And they were like, and you know, anybody that has aches and pains that are you know a, a daily part of your existence, and there's a possibility of a way to mitigate that. Shoot, anybody would take it serious. So yeah, it's just a that's a it's a a perfect match, you know, cannabis and its uh, myriad uses and the, uh, the the aged population of our country or world for that matter. Yeah. Uh huh. It's, uh, <laughs> people are taking it seriously, more seriously. I'm stoked that that's the case. Still such an uphill battle, you know, for people that are serious about this. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not that, especially with the hardcore prohibitionist people that just, just have that prohibitionist mindset. Um, mm-hmm. it's hard to get to them, you know, but it's it like, you know, like you said way back when we first started this show, once you learn the truth, you can't really turn away from it, you know? And um, right. that's what's happening ultimately. And it's once, a slow process. once someone's been swayed in favor of medical marijuana or of marijuana legalization, I don't think they're going back. Right. You know? I mean, yep, yep. So and the truth is on our side. I mean, we're not saying, hey, it doesn't kill people. It's not toxic, you know, when it is, and we're just trying to fool people. It's it's not. We're just saying that because that's the truth. You know, when people start coming aware of this, they're like, holy shit, really? I think right. a lot of people probably, and this is just a total, I don't know, I'm guessing, you know, guesswork on my part, but I would imagine that a lot of people are looking back after they become aware and they're like, wow, this is here the whole time and I didn't know this? How come I didn't know this before? I think that can bite the federal government in their, in their proverbial ass as well, you know, proverbial backside, I guess I should have said, <laughs> but uh, because people are going to start going, wait a minute. After a while, they start ask, asking these questions, and then they begin to start answering them, and they're going to go, 
they're going to be pointing at the government saying, why didn't you guys tell us this? How come you guys have been hiding this from us? That's, that's bogus. And uh, I don't know. The ranks will continue to grow inevitably. Gotcha. So basically what we're doing is changing the climate one joint at a time and changing the hearts and minds one person at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry. Well. Cheesy. What's going on in D.C.? They passed an emergency rule for medical marijuana. It's the dealio. Cheesy but true. Um, yeah, this one isn't too cheesy. This is a good deal, actually. Um, the district government announced in, in, uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, announced final regulations regarding the use of medical marijuana. The emergency rule regulates the sale and distribution of the drug in the district. Last year, the D.C. Uh, Council passed a law legalizing medical dispensaries for patients suffering from chronic and painful conditions. The rules are being published on an emergency basis to meet the needs of residents suffering from chronic illnesses. You know, this is a long time since this law has been passed in and nobody's getting any, any help. Um, there's a quote here from Mayor Vincent Gray. He says, district residents suffering from painful conditions like cancer and HIV AIDS will soon have one more option to help relieve their symptoms. Um, and the story goes on to say, anyone interested in selling medical marijuana must apply for a permit through the Department of Health. Patients will be required to register with the city prior to purchasing the drug. And uh, the emergency rule takes effect upon publication in the D.C. Register. I guess they have to publish it and announce it. And uh, it, is in, it is currently scheduled for April 15th. So, tax day. Oh, that's close. Tax hmm. day. Yeah, I can't uh. believe I, I shouldn't have said that out loud. Anyway, no, yeah, you just left it at <laughs> April fifteenth. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on to Mark Emery. Uh, who, you, you, did you, who did you? Who scooped this? I didn't scoop this. this I added it here. You want to read it though, Pat? Sure, 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 sure. So, so Jody wrote it. Uh, his wife wrote that uh, Mark desperately needs positive messages right now. Uh, they've gotten really bad news uh, the day that she wrote this. That the conservatives in Canada. Um, have ended their early release for nonviolent, an example, marijuana-related prisoners in Canada. Canada. So, if Mark is sent back to Canada, he will spend his full amount of time in jail, regardless of whether or not he gets transferred home. He's devastated by the news. Please send him messages of love, strength, and support to get him through this. Um, I'll tell you, um, you can go. You, you can find his where to how to mail him. Um, from the link on our uh, notes, show notes here, you just click on from Jody, and then you'll you can find the the uh, um, spot to send him letters. Um, I, I want to mention something real quick about Mark Emery. Um, this weekend, I was listening to a conversation some people were having, and and I jumped in at one point because they were talking about strains, and they were talking about how you know it used to be back in the day, like there weren't all these strains, and it was like everything was just kind but or this or that, and. In Hawaii, everything was Maui Wowie, even though everything wasn't Maui Wowie. And, and, and they were like kind of trying to figure out, like, you know, what changed so much that we now have all these distinct strains and everything. And I'll tell you what changed a lot of it is the fact that Mark Emery did what he did and sent seeds all over the place. And um, more power to him. And, and especially since he spent all that dough on the cause. I am. Uh, I'm really happy to be supporting him and uh, really mm-hmm. saddened that uh, he's dealing with uh, what he's dealing with still. So, Prince of Pot, you're in our thoughts, and um, we will definitely stay updated on what's going on with you. Much love and light to you. 
Okay, so let's go into cannabis etiquette, cannabis culture. We're not actually running this segment today, uh, but I just wanted to let you know, we, we really enjoy this segment, and we know that you guys do too. Mm-hmm. Um, we need a little bit more help with direction for the segment. So if you have any ideas that you'd like us to cover for the etiquette or the culture section segment, um, please send them in to us. Uh, it'd be fun to kind of follow what it is that you want to hear in regards to this, because we know that it changed region to region and everything. So... Um, yeah, please, please contact us and let us know uh, where you where we should run with this segment. So, you got something to say Absolutely. about this too, Tammy? Yeah, I think it's really cool. The, the the best thing I think, or the coolest thing about this uh, this segment is that a lot of things, like you said, there there some some cannabis etiquette or culture th- uh, aspects will change from region to region, and that in and of itself is really cool. Kind of that uh, intercultural thing within the cannabis culture itself. But but there's also a huge amount of things that uh, the cannabis culture in a general wide like global sense they will all be able to adjust you know agree to like right away and I think that's really cool I mean to me I think you'd probably agree if you think about it you know somebody in uh, maybe Belgium and somebody in you know maybe some Asian country and then somebody in like three or four different states here's this cannabis etiquette thing like you know sometimes people have a condition or they don't realize it or there's some legitimate reason why they get the the, the bowl kind of gummed up or juicy if you want to call it that you know so we can understand that no offense but just wipe it off don't hand somebody a bowl when it's dripping with spit that's gross and like people in all those places with their different varying cultures and all these cultural differences and stuff and huge location difference at the same time will go yeah i hate that you know so that's that's why this is this is so fun to me but yeah this it's a fun it's a fun segment and and really your help out listeners your help out there with this segment will make it so much more fun so um sure Keep let's get rolling. the ball rolling on that yeah. yeah 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 uh quit calling it synthetic marijuana <laughs> yeah speaking of uh cool international story this is uh this is a new zealand story but i placed it in here because it's specifically about uh the so-called synthetic marijuana which i wish they would quit calling it that but uh, new zealand has a has a little bit of a different approach their government plans to regulate and restrict access to this stuff um commonly known you've heard of it spice k2 all those various names it goes under but uh they want to restrict it to uh, under this plan, synthetic ca- cannabinoids would not be sold to people under 18, and they'd face regulation of their packaging, marketing, and sales. So they're handling it a little bit different. They're kind of handling it almost like it's regulating cannabis. So I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe that's Do you know a, how they regulate cannabis in New Zealand. Um, well, Tonga Ninja uh, sent us a few things. Um, it looks like it looks like there's a progressive cannabis culture, a, a big activist uh, presence there that are fighting. You know. Um, and to, to keep their laws somewhat liberalized. Um, I don't know. I don't believe they're overtly harsh, but hopefully Tonga Ninja, Ninja is still checking us out, still tuned in. He can uh, give us some insight into what the state of their, uh, their, their legal affairs is in relation to cannabis over there. And down there in a Kiwi state, or is it, is it the state? Kiwi state? Does that make sense? I don't know. And down there in uh, New Zealand, whatever they call it. And uh, so maybe we'll hear from him and we'll, we'll tell you a little bit more about that. But yeah, they're... Uh, they're they're the only one I've heard so far that's not booting this stuff out. I guess that's uh, I, I have mixed feelings about that, but because it's an idiot, it's an idiotic idea to smoke this stuff. I think personally, but uh, whatever. I guess they're saying, look, man, we're not gonna come in and regulate what you can be stupid about, as long as it's not hurting other people. That makes I mean, sense. From what I hear, I mean, they regulate cannabis by making it illegal in New Zealand, but they're gonna go they're down with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, eh, weird. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I know Australia is not such a friendly place to be if you're right. if you're a lover of cannabis. On to topics barely worth any of our time. Looks like some plants were discovered in an empty home near a window. We've got a clip. Let's take a listen. A caretaker came across something illegal growing at a foreclosed home in Norfolk. The man stopped by this house on Winburn Lane and found marijuana plants under an open window. The caretaker says the home has been empty since November. Police showed up to remove the plant. I, I just saw the, uh, the clear bag, but I didn't see what was in it. We don't have no trouble in the neighborhood, <laughs> so I was why I was shot. So far, police haven't filed any charges, and they're not sure who put the plants in a window where sunlight would help them grow. <laughs> where sunlight would help them grow, would it? <laughs> Fucking amazing, huh? <laughs> I'll be damned. And that, hey. made, that made the evening news. <laughs> wow. Sweet, dude. Nice. Big bust in Illinois leaves only an infinite... Uh, infinite? Amount of yep. cannabis left to be seized? Infinite? That's all that's left. Yep, an infinite amount. They, got, infinite? Uh, they found $27 million worth of cannabis found in a, in a moving truck in Franklin Park, Illinois, um, West Suburban Franklin Park, uh, last Friday morning. The Will County Cooperative Police Assistance Team, that's CPAT, da, 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 seized the cannabis from a moving truck in 3900 block of Mannheim Road. Um, it had an estimated value of $27 million, which who knows what it was actually worth, but uh, it was a substantial amount of weed. And uh, that's uh, with this huge new bust that leaves only uh, an infinite amount of cannabis left to be seized. So they've almost reached their goal. Only an infinite amount. Infinite? Left. Come on, doesn't that, infinite means never ending, doesn't it? It does. That, in other words, this doesn't make any difference. That's why it's in topics barely worth any of our time. <laughs> and, so, and now it's... we're moving on to the East Coast scoop. Something's going on in Delaware. What's the dealio? Oh, man. Uh, Delaware Senate has passed a, a medical marijuana bill. It's, uh, uh, let me see, I think it passed on a convincing 18 to 3 vote last Thursday. Um, the measure now goes on to the House. This is from uh, StopTheDrugWar.org, great site, uh, Drug War Chronicles. Great thing you can get delivered to your email. This is from issue 678 of that publication. The bill, Senate Bill 17 would allow qualified patients to obtain marijuana from state-licensed and regulated compassion centers, uh, which would grow it for them. Patients would not be able to grow their own, but would be allowed to purchase three ounces every two weeks and possess up to six ounces at any time. Um, the legislation proposes at least one compassion center uh, in each of the state's three counties within a year of enactment, but does not cap the number of centers. So uh, we'll see what's uh, what this what becomes of this. The bill was approved at, after it was amendment uh, amended rather uh, to lower the minimum age for qualifying patients from 21 to 18. Other states with medical marijuana laws uh, allow patients of any age to use medical marijuana. So it's a little bit different, but at least they're at least they're changing it for the better. So um, they're getting the right. They're 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 going down the right path. I think Mar uh, Delaware is uh, has been pretty much non-existent in our conversation over the last. Their know. state in America, right? Mm -hmm. They are. They are still. Okay. Just, yeah, okay cool. Cool. I was just making sure. I, 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 I you know. <laughs> You know, I'm, just, I'm sure they appreciate that. And they, uh, they, <laughs> Dude, on, I'm from Kentucky, okay? And I meet girls, all, you know, meet people, not just girls, usually girls, but like, and they say, and I'm like, I'm from Kentucky. And they're like, oh, I've never even thought about that place before. And that's, 
you know, I mean, like, I've thought about Delaware, but, like, you know, like, I don't know. I'm from California. I think California is the most <laughs> important place in the world, so not really. Sure. But, hey, sorry. That's yeah, well, okay. you know, it's good to see these little states uh, making some uh, small but positive steps, you know, moving forward to our ultimate goals here. Um, in addition, um, there was also uh, some good news out of Maryland over in the east. Um, an amended version of Maryland SB 308 has been approved by the state's House and Senate and now goes to the desk of Governor Mark O'Malley, whose aides have indicated he does plan to sign the bill. While not as robust as the original, SB 308 still allows for qualified medical uh, marijuana patients to present an affirmative defense if they are being prosecuted for possessing and consuming their medicine. Here's in a, a, little, in a, in a little excerpt from Marijuana Policy Project uh, from an email uh, alert that they sent out. It says, uh, I quote them, with the passage of this bill, the General Assembly has let seriously ill patients know they are not criminals for seeking relief from their pain and suffering, said Senator David Brinkley, the primary sponsor of the Senate bill. It will uh, also establish a framework to build on and moving forward with more comprehensive solutions so that someday soon patients will be able to obtain their medicine in dignity and not on street corners. I thank my colleagues in both chambers for today's compassionate vote. So good for him. Um, we uh, want to give a couple shout-outs to Senator David Brinkley for putting that forward and making that thing come true. So that's a, it's a good step in the right direction for Maryland. And uh, looks like the East, man, the East. They're waking up. Most of them are waking up. I don't know what the hell is going on with New Jersey. Did you I was about story? to say, <laughs> have they woken up yet? Well, <laughs> there's a that's a that's a, a questionable. I don't I don't know how to answer that. They've woken up, but what they've woken up to, there's the question and uh hence the the dubious nature that I speak of. The nascent medical marijuana program in New Jersey may change the laboratory research landscape for cannabis and not in a good way. Um several of the first six alternative treatment centers are planning heavy investments, tens of millions of dollars, into lab equipment and manpower. Um, sounds good on its face. Uh, but although explained away as regulatory compliance, the long-term profits from this type of science could be substantial. Um, it, it's, it's a very interesting change. This is the first time ever that they have tried a corporate health model. Um, in other states medical marijuana industry consists of small businesses using a holistic model of care. Uh, but the garden state is exploring a centralized system modeled on corporate healthcare. Instead, this could be the biggest change yet for the domestic medical cannabis market. And, um, definitely would encourage you to hit our site. This is a little bit more extensive story. It's got a, you know, pretty long page It's a great website. I got it from by the way. So that's a good tip as well, but, uh, check this out and uh, look into it. It's very interesting to read about. And, uh, I don't know from my take, Somewhat unsettling. What's your initial reaction? Corporate everything that comes out of New Jersey regarding cannabis is unsettling to me so far. It, it that is, is my reaction. Scary. Um, I don't know what else to say uh, other than that. Really, like um, when New Jersey does something that's like, "Wow, cool, all right, positive," I'll be pretty surprised. So, you know, until then, I'll be. Pretty much like, what the fuck? And that's how I feel about what New Jersey's got going on related to yep. medical cannabis. And this is just kind of up that alley again. So, um, yep. yeah, they're, uh, I don't. they're 
Their draft regulations uh, are set to be finalized in May, call for uh, each licensed facility to grow just three strains of cannabis, all of them less than 10% THC. Um, patients would only be allowed two ounces a month. Um, the Soviet-style regulated supply will be inadequate for uh, many patients. So we'll see uh, See where this goes. To me, it definitely does not seem like it's going in the right direction. It seems like uh, that big... Uh, Big blotch on the face of New Jersey. Uh, what's he known as? Uh, Governor Chris Christie kind of plopped down in the scene in a disastrous fashion. And ever since then, it's kind of kept rolling downhill with a vengeance. So we'll keep an eye on what goes on with New Jersey, but that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem like the most settling news to me. Moving on to, uh, but is it sophisticated? What do we got going on today? <laughs> Cutting edge, sophisticated, <laughs> massive. Let's hope. Check so. it out. Let's hope. Let's so. hear the clip. <laughs> a hidden marijuana grow operation at homes in and around Louisville is now shut down for good, thanks to a massive police investigation. WLKY investigative reporter Dwayne Pullman has the pictures from inside the home to prove it. Dwayne, I understand even police were surprised by how sophisticated this one was. Yeah, that's right. The pot growing operation was hidden in the basements and garages of three area homes. The group not only tapped into the electric grid illegally, they were using sophisticated batteries to avoid detection. Take a look inside. <laughs> in the basement of a home in Bullitt County, police found cutting edge batteries engineered for one purpose, to store energy and power extremely bright grow lights. Further in, hidden behind a secret door in a closet, police found a huge grow room with massive marijuana plants. Grow rooms were uncovered at two other homes in Louisville as well. In all, police got their hands on 300 pot plants and 160 pounds of bagged marijuana. That has a street value of nearly a million dollars. That's a huge amount of dope that was taken off the streets here. That does affect the supply and the demand that, that is here. Now, three men and a woman were arrested and charged in connection with all of this earlier this week. Police say this bust is connected to the one in December, where detectives found 6,000 pounds of pot in bags worth more than $7 million. Now, key to all of this, cooperation. As the plants grew, so too did the police investigation. Louisville State and even Pennsylvania police all working together to make this bust happen. Live in the newsroom, Wayne Pullman. Double that guy's got a hard on. <laughs> he's like, he's like <laughs> massive, massive hard on, sophisticated hard on, cutting edge hard on. <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Um, and it must have been really sophisticated. Midwest melee and glimmers of hope. Illinois HB 1258. Let's get to it. What's the dealie? Mm -hmm. well, thanks uh, for the feedback. Um, this was uh, another scoop story from our listeners. We always appreciate these. This, you know, this one I was going to, I was saying this, this almost slipped under my radar. I'm so surprised I wasn't really uh, tuned into this particular piece of legislation. It's Illinois House Bill 1258. I believe we have a voicemail from the, from the listener. Um, we can check that out real quick. Love your show, guys. My name is King Clausen. I'm from the Chicago area. And I'd like for you to comment. Maybe you did comment. I didn't totally listen to the last show. But if you would comment on uh, Illinois State Bill 1258, which uh, further gives the police uh, more incentive to arrest marijuana users and uh, 
puts a financial burden on the cannabis user and or growers. Um, well, looking forward to listening to your comments on that. That's Illinois State Bill 1258, which has passed the House. So, oof, it's rough being a pothead. Talk to you later. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll just go over briefly. We have this link. Actually, this is another, this is a really great, great episode for these great sites. Um, a couple, first time we've used a couple of these. Medical Marijuana 411 is awesome. Our Natalie Portman green uh, carpet thing coming up. That's got that site on it. And this one is on eLobbyist. So it's a really cool site where you can find this kind of legislation and, and learn about it. Um, but uh, for this one, it says, uh, it, the summary says, it amends the Cannabis Control Act, the Illinois Controlled Substances Act, the Methamphetamine Control, and all these acts, blah, blah, blah. But it says, uh, it provides that a person convicted of or placed under on supervision for manufacturing or delivering cannabis, a controlled substance, or meth, um, whose violation proximately caused any any incident resulting in an appropriate emergency response shall be liable for the expense of the emergency response. And now, listen really closely to this because, frankly, I've read this thing upside down a thousand times and I have no idea what this means. This is potentially scary language. Provides for additional assessments for persons convicted of any such offenses provides for the distribution of the additional assessments to various units of government, provides that any monies received by a law enforcement agency under these provisions shall be used to purchase law enforcement equipment that will assist in the prevention of drug-related criminal violence throughout the state. Now, what in the world are they talking about? What are additional assessments? I don't know. Doesn't that sound like a stand-in for fines? Or charges, monetary charges. It does, yeah. Um, additional assessment. Uh, yeah, I mean, assess an assessment is a, is is. Fee. There's two definite. Yeah, to be right. to be assessed, assessed you are assessed. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. It, it I don't think I could possibly be, mis- be misreading that. So no, in that case, no. that would say that they're incentivizing arrest the arrest of people for cannabis use. To. And then they'll, whoa. Come on out, guys. Any money you guys get, you can keep it. You can buy the new G125X Ultra Ground Pounder with the thermonuclear sights. (laughs) Who can keep it? The cops can keep it? Yeah, I think so. Whoa. No, (laughs) that can't fly. That's, That's not... That's not how things work, is it? I thought that's—I thought that was just straight corruption. I would think, whoa, man! I, I totally hope that this doesn't pass. But here's the thing: it's already passed the house. It passed on um, um, this just this past uh, April fifth. It 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 went through third reading in a short debate and was passed by the house. It arrived in the Senate on the sixth. It did. Uh, they had their first reading on the seventh, and it was referred to assignments um, committee. So. So this thing's rolling through there, and uh, with little or no opposition from as far as I can tell, like I said, this was a really, really, really quiet piece of legislation. They just kind of tiptoed right on through. So we're going to we're gonna have to stand up and uh, uh, do some serious questioning of this. If you are a listener from Illinois, by all means, contact your uh, uh, lawmakers 
And uh, contact any kind of statewide organizations or even the federal level organizations um, that might be involved with this legislation and uh, inform yourself, educate yourself about what's going on, the ins and outs of this, and speak up. Please speak up. Because if it's like it, it reads to me, which I think you guys agree, doesn't it sound that way? Like they're going, hey, let's make a ton of more money, you know, by uh, arresting cannabis users. That's, uh, that's bogus in every sense in the word. Cool. On a more positive note, we're going to take a little walk down the green carpet today. Um, today, uh, well-known celebrity Natalie Portman uh, reportedly taking a break from cannabis. Um, this is a, a great story from a great website, by the way. I've mentioned that several times this show. I know I have, but uh, check this one out. It's medicalmarijuana411.com. Pretty cool. This feature is called The Daily Dose. Kind of clever. But uh, it's talking about Natalie Portman and the fact that uh, Natalie Portman has commented lately that she's taking a break from smoking cannabis for right now um, says more about where we are in society as pot, as pot prohibition goes. The story says that uh, her admission that she enjoyed experimenting with marijuana and other drugs, including alcohol, but not until she was at Harvard of all higher learning institutions. Um, that's significant. And uh, like many other kids on campus, this Oscar winner enjoyed cannabis, but what sets her apart is the image shattering icon she's bringing down, which is really cool. It says, you know, not her own image. That's, uh, that's just, just fine. But rather, this intriguing ingenue embraces the plant and is helping restore the idea that marijuana, alcohol, and other drugs can be a very positive experience in a person's growth. That's pretty interesting. So, um, in, in addition to this, she has said it, it's kind of weird. I don't know if this is this goes hand in hand because I know when they make movies, these movies are just coming out. So that was like a couple years ago, probably when they started doing this. Maybe that she ended up puffing down pretty tough for a long time, and it's just time for her to take a little breather. But she has produced a couple cannabis-related movies, and the the most recent one. Well, you've seen her in her Oscar-winning performance in Black Swan recently. That was freaky movie if anybody hasn't seen that check that out Oof, it's crazy but uh so these, these two new ones are your highness and best buds best buds supposed to be due out later this year but uh this the new one you your highness i think that just came out and we have a link on our site um as you're hearing this it'll be available to you um for the trailer for that new show it does look like it's going to be pretty funny and uh, i always like it when they feature uh cannabis in a positive light in uh, in the media, in any in any uh, aspect of the media, and uh, this this movie, uh, Your Highness, is uh, set as you can guess back in the middle mid ages or medieval ages, and uh, it's uh, made by the producers of Pineapple Express. In case you uh, are familiar with that 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 movie, so should be cool. Check it out. Quick, uh, there's quick, a, quick, sorry, quick question uh-huh. on Natalie Portman. I mean Portman. Portman. Uh huh. Hot, hot or not? Hot. 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 Friggin' yeah. hot. Yeah. <laughs> Friggin' hot. Super duper. Yeah. All right. Shizzle. Good. Now that we've settled that. <laughs> so there you have it, Natalie. Miss Portman, if you if you hear this program, I know you're probably a regular listener um, because you're smart. <laughs> and uh, we, we're unanimous in uh, adoring you and inviting you to our program. So anytime. <laughs> we'll be waiting for that. Waiting yeah. for your call. <laughs> okay, <laughs> don't get too excited over there. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Moving on to the activist spotlight. This ought to cool us down. Hey, uh, actually, hopefully, you get charged up about these things. There's a few things uh, to mention today. Uh, a normal call to duty, first of all, in uh, residents of North Carolina, Vermont, and Connecticut. 
please uh, check out our, our website. We have links to all of these things. Uh, if everything's working accordingly, this should they should deliver you directly to your respective action alert relative to your state. North Carolina legislature uh, continues uh, considers rather uh, medical marijuana measure. Um, please, uh, these are these are uh, short blurbs about the issue and the story that is relevant relative to your uh, respective state. Um, whichever the three you may be from. And then below it, it has their action uh, uh, area where you can take action very, very easily. It has a pre-written letter and they, they would really encourage you to add your own text, relevant text to it. Um, they have a limit. They've got it all worked out where it's the best way to, to communicate with your legislator and you put your information in there and it'll send it right to your people, your specific people. So this is a pretty good thing to do. Um, this is legislation um, for North Carolina uh, residents. Please uh, visit this and urge your representative to support HB 577. This is House Bill 577 amending state law to, quote, authorize an individual to use marijuana for medical purposes. So this is their statewide uh, medical cannabis law that is pending in uh, Vermont. The action alert urges uh, state senators to support SB 17. Um, Senate Bill 17 proposes to permit the establishment of two nonprofit medical marijuana dispensaries in the state. Um, so that's a big one as well. Um, the full text of these things is, is should be available on each of these individual um, sites. Um, and lastly, uh, Connecticut, uh, the Connecticut Joint Committee approved medical marijuana legislation. Urge your lawmakers to support Governor's Bill 1015. Governor's Bill 1015 amends state law to, quote, authorize an individual to use marijuana for medical purposes as directed by a physician. So these are, are all important, very important pieces of legislation, and we urge you to uh, take a visit to the site. It doesn't take you very long at all, and uh, just send this stuff off to your uh, respective lawmakers. Um, in addition, the other story we have today is uh, somewhat interesting. Look, guys, take a clue, take a cue from our friends down in Mexico. Um, the recently, thousands of people came out. I believe it was uh, April sixth. Thousands of people came out across Mexico to protest the drug war for obvious reasons. 30 plus, uh, what is, I think more than 37,000 people have been killed since uh, President Calderon launched his uh, surge against cartels. How effective is that, right? But uh, w I think we should really take, uh, take, a, take a strong cue from our friends down there in Mexico. And, and, and hey, Americans, cannabis culture or, or lovers of kind of decent and reasonable laws and, and, and our American freedom, stand up and go out in the streets and make a noise. I know there will be undoubtedly be several major events planned by several organizations um, this June, um, the significance of which this June marks the 40th anniversary of uh, what was started by um, Nixon, um, the, the, the official drug war, you know, officially when it actually started, you know, because uh, Richard Nixon started this whole thing um, it will be 40 years ago uh, in June. So this is a great time to stand up and say, you know what? This is this is undisputably, this has been 40 years of miserable, costly, counterproductive nonsense, people unnecessarily losing property and life and limb and freedom, and we're sick of it. And this is a great time. You know, it's a nice round number. Let's, let's just cut it while we're ahead and uh, get rid of this nasty predicament we're in. Um, so with that, 
We're moving on to the research bin, I believe. Is that correct? Uh, we're going to mention Cincy stocks just because uh, we do have a bunch of stories developing right now real quick, uh, you know, and we will okay. be getting to them soon. Just want to let everyone know that we do have Back. a Cincy stock market update coming up here soon. So <laughs> just a mention, but yes, research bin time. What's up with the research bin? Coolness well cannabis could be used to treat ep- epilepsy, so says uh, some researchers in Britain. Uh, researchers at the University of Reading have discovered that three compounds found in cannabis leaves can help to reduce and control seizures in epilepsy. They're now using extracts from the plants grown in huge industrial-sized greenhouses in the south of England to develop new drugs that could ease the misery of millions of epilepsy sufferers around the world. Uh, the UK alone, um, in the UK alone, there's there's more than a half a million people who suffer from epilepsy. Dr. Ben Wally um, who is leading the research at the Department of Pharmacy at the University of Reading, said tests in animals had shown the compounds effective at preventing seizures and convulsions while also having less side effects than existing epilepsy drugs. Who'd have thunk, huh? He said, quote, there was a stigma associated with cannabis that came out of the 60s and 70s associated with recreational use. So people have tended not to look at it medicinally as a result. It goes on to say cannabis is thought of... uh, as being a treasure trove of compounds that could be used for pharmacological development. We have a list of around a dozen potential candidates for epilepsy and have tested three that show promise. These compounds are very well tolerated and you're not seeing the same kind of side effects that you get with the existing treatments. So, uh, I mean, if you're not familiar with epilepsy, it's, well, it's serious stuff. It's caused by sudden bursts of electrical activity in the brain and they, it, they, they massively disrupt the normal way that the messages are transmitted through your, through your brain. And it, it can cause debilitating seizures and fits. And, and it, it can really uh, cause some damage in the process. So it's great, uh, great new news. Some research on the forefront. As usual, this isn't not you know, putting the lid on the whole matter. It's, it's far from uh, you know, confirming everything is over and we've got the results, but it's a hell of a good, strong uh, step in the right direction. So we're always happy to report about positive research of this nature. Yeah, so, it's, uh, so there you have it. It's always good to uh, end on a positive note, and it's always good to uh, get to the, another end of another successful episode of the Cannabis Agenda. And with that, I think we have arrived, my friend. Uh, episode 56, officially in the bag. It's in the it's in the bag. That's that's some that's some shop pot talk right there. Bag it up. Bag it that's up. One of those fourteen grammars. Throw it on the scale. <laughs> Number fifty six. Yeah, well, before you tell them how to get a hold of us, uh, Mister Pot Green, uh, I want to remind them to stick around today because today we do happen to have a clip for the end of the show. This is a pretty interesting one from Mister Paul Armentano speaking out about cannabis, and uh, he does a little bit of comparison between cannabis and alcohol, and and a little bit of uh, a few other things. So it's worth it's worth sticking around for. Yes, it is. Check it out. At the end of the show, we have hit the end of the show, guys. This is all about you. We love your participation, and it has been increasing so much lately, and it helps us so much. Really, this is a community, and it's all about us collaborating together. So uh, please let us know how we're doing, what you think of the show, questions, comments, scoops on stories, ideas, people we should interview, whatever. Send them in to us. We would love to hear from you. Our email is info at cannabisagenda.com. You can call to 707 
CAN, which is C-A-N-N, or the letters 2266. Also, our website is uh, CannabisAgenda.com. Follow us on there. Our notes are always available on the show, so you can go on there and click on the links to any of the stories that we've got going on, and uh, you can kind of help. See, you can not help. You can see what helped inspire us to, to talk about uh, whatever the dialogue uh, was corresponding with uh, with those, those stories. Check it out. We're also on iTunes. Search Canvas Agenda. Leave reviews, please. Twitter and Facebook. We're there. Uh, suggest us to your friends. Guys, guys, we're so, so stoked you're there. Thank you so much for your time and your effort in this movement. Decent pot. Sure. We'll see you guys next week. listening to the cannabis agenda your weekly source for cannabis related news and informed discussion we podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization medical marijuana and market information as always you can follow online with us at cannabisagenda.com my name is paul montana I'm the deputy director of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. I'm also the co-author of the book, Marijuana is Safer, So Why Are We Driving People to Drink? Well, the public's understood this for some time, but we've seen a major cultural shift in public perception over the last one to two years where the percentage of Americans who now respond on national polls and say that they believe marijuana should be taxed and regulated in a manner similar to alcohol uh, we're now pushing nearly 50 percent and nationally and while some people may look at that number and be disappointed and say I'm surprised we don't have a majority of the of the American public that believes that you have to keep in mind that just two three years ago those numbers were roughly only around 30 percent 33 percent so we've made great strides in the public's understanding of the futility of prohibition and of the relative safety of marijuana particularly compared to the use of alcohol and most tellingly there was a Rasmussen poll of about one or two months ago that asked Americans which drug did they think was more dangerous marijuana or alcohol and 52 percent of those that answered that poll said that in fact alcohol is the more dangerous drug and I think that explains why we're seeing this shift in public opinion this issue has been looked at around the globe. The World Health Organization several years ago commissioned a study. They wanted to look at the social impact on both health and cost to a society of the use of alcohol, tobacco, and, uh, alcohol, tobacco, and marijuana. And they found, not surprisingly, that the actual cost to a society were far less those costs that were associated with marijuana versus those costs that were associated with alcohol. And you see this again and again. Australia did a similar study. There's been similar studies conducted in Canada, and there's been some state studies uh, conducted in this country as well. They all consistently come out with the same results. And when we're talking about risks to the consumer, 
you know, I would argue that as a society, we under-report the potential risks of alcohol. I think most people would be shocked to learn that even one drink a day over the course of five, six days a week greatly increases a person's chance of coming down or being diagnosed with cancer. Ethanol, the psychoactive ingredient in alcohol, is carcinogenic. But as a society, we tend not to have that conversation. And I think we really need to begin to have that conversation. We have drawn an arbitrary line that puts marijuana on the illegal side of things and has put alcohol on the legal side of this equation. And there is not a rational basis for making that distinction. Well, unfortunately, if this was an argument that was going to be, uh, if we were going to have public policy on marijuana uh, based on science, we would have a very different public policy than, than the one we presently have. Uh, unfortunately, our policies in this regard are based on ideology, they're based on rhetoric, and oftentimes the drug czar, whoever he or she may be, is simply parroting much of that rhetoric. The American Medical Association reversed a long-standing position that it had held for many years that argued that marijuana should be retained as a Schedule I controlled substance. Now, for those out there that may not know what a Schedule I controlled substance is, this is a substance that has been defined by Congress and by the government to hold no accepted medical value in treatment. And that statement, that definition, clearly runs up against the reality that there are literally hundreds of thousands of Americans right now legally using marijuana as a medicine. There are tens of thousands of physicians right now that are recommending marijuana as a therapy to their patients. And as the AMA noted, when they reversed this long-standing policy earlier this week, there are clinical trials and there are preclinical studies showing that inhaled marijuana has safety and efficacy in the treatment of a number of conditions, whether it be neuropathic pain, whether it be the spasticity associated with multiple sclerosis, whether it is as an anti-nauseant. So for the drugs are to say otherwise is essentially the equivalent of those that would have argued with Galileo and said that it is in fact the sun that revolves around the earth. The drug czar's policy is a flat earth policy. I don't hold out much hope he's going to change that position, but by the same token, I'm also not a firm believer that he's particularly passionate about this position. He understands it's the position he needs to take. I don't think he has a lot of faith in it because he strikes me as a fairly pragmatic and well-educated individual. And he has to know that the position he is espousing is not a position that is in line with the science.